Welcome to the Austin Forum on Technology and Society podcast, the Austin Forum Upload. I'm Jay Boisseau, the Executive Director and Founder of the Austin Forum on Technology and Society, and I'm extremely happy today to welcome Angelos Angelou, a noted economic consultant and strategist who has a long career with the Austin Chamber of Commerce and bringing lots of tech jobs into Austin, and he is now the CEO and founder of two organizations. One is Angelou Economics, and one is the International Accelerator. Angelus, Angelus, thank you for joining us today. Thank you, Jay, for the invitation. I'm delighted to be uh, with you today. I, I have to confess right up front that I am disappointed I haven't connected with you earlier. The Austin Forum is 16 years old, actually a little bit more than that. You have been a big part of the Austin scene for how long? 30 years? 40 years? Um, almost 30 years now. Almost 30 years. Mm -hmm. We really should have intersected more, but I'm glad that we're doing it now and we get to get your insights to share with our Austin Forum listeners. Absolutely. Thank you for inviting me. It's never too late. I'm still here and still engaged in... Um, prognosticating the Austin economy, looking at national and global trends um, through the technology lenses, if you will, but also the uh, economics lenses that I have always right. uh, had as part of my background. So today we're going to ask you really about the, the economic side of the tech sector and the areas within the tech sector. Mm -hmm. So I'm hopeful that in our conversation today, our audience will, instead of just hearing about the cool capabilities of AI or what's coming next in 3D printing or such, what we're going to go for today is sort of to set the stage for our listeners to understand the health and vitality and opportunities, any concerns, et cetera, about the tech sector in Austin and beyond, and even mm -hmm. within some of the subdomains in tech. Sound good? Sure. Great. So let's start with the I'm sure a softball of a question for you. Uh, how about describing what you see as the economic health of the tech sector in Austin and beyond coming out of 2022, coming kind of out of a pandemic? I mean, obviously things aren't exactly over and they're not exactly the way they were in February of 2020, but can you sort of give your assessment of the economic condition of the tech sector in Austin and beyond? Absolutely, Jay. Um, first and foremost, the pandemic has had a strong influence uh, and its impact in the Austin economy was felt throughout. However, most of that was felt in the hospitality sector, where we lost 90% of the jobs. The rest of the sectors did not lose as many jobs. And within a year's time, after the pandemic was declared over, we've recovered those jobs and um, we continue to be an economic engine in terms of job creation for the state of Texas and in some ways nationally. So this year was an exceptional year, I think, for technology companies. Uh, we may come close to breaking the all-time record in new job creation. Uh, as of a couple of months ago, it stood at uh, close to 35,000 new jobs that were created. Um, and uh, that does not include the Christmas season, which is a high employment sector for uh, the non-technology part of our economy. 
So overall, I think this uh, year was a very strong year. Uh, I guess uh, centered around job uh, growth as well as low unemployment rate. Our unemployment rate has been below 3% throughout the year, very steady, I guess, over the last decade or so. Uh, it is the number of new jobs that we're creating, people that are moving to Austin from other parts of the country or overseas, that is the relevant measure here, not the unemployment rate, because the unemployment rate has always been low. So I want to dig into one of the things you just addressed about 2022 before we jump into 2023 and beyond. You mentioned that the job creation rate has been very strong mm-hmm. and that that's an indicator of a very strong tech economy. Um, has that job creation rate, um, I guess my question really is, there's been a lot of layoffs, mm-hmm. fairly large layoffs in the news from very large tech companies. But it sounds like the net job creation rate, even accounting for those, has still been high? Um, Absolutely. Now, many of the job losses um, have been not so much in in high tech, although I am aware of major companies announced hiring freezes, uh, Apple, Meta, Amazon had some big Amazon, uh, Amazon, even um, Tesla, and so forth and so on. Mm-hmm. The hiring freeze is different, so that would impact the outlook for maybe next year. At the same time, uh, some of these freeze hiring freezes or potential even layoffs that may have uh, have occurred in the Austin economy uh, have alleviated the pressure in the labor markets. Uh, if you're a small business, if you're a small high-tech company, uh, you're having a tough luck hiring people competing with all the major technology companies. And um, hopefully salaries are going to be checked. Hopefully labor availability for a lot of the um, technology, small technology companies will become better. And some of them will continue to grow and hire. So that's why I think the impact for 2022 from the layoffs has not been uh, great only because other companies have actually hired and are growing. Austin is a very entrepreneurial economy. Uh, We attract close to 65% of all the venture capital in the state of Texas. And uh, it will continue to be that way because we are a city that is very attractive to entrepreneurs that already are here but also um, new entrepreneurs that may move here from other parts of the country or the world. All right, so let's let's start talking about 2023 and beyond. So opening statement, how do you foresee the Austin tech sector evolving in 2023 and beyond? And I mean that in terms of which specialties, which sub areas of tech, Mm Uh, the balance of large company growth here, like the Apple and Amazon and Meta hiring and whatnot versus the entrepreneurial startup scene, the innovation scene, et cetera. How do you see 2023 evolving in terms of the Austin tech scene and also nationally? How do you see the, uh, how would you predict next year will end? 
outlook for the Austin economy in 2023 in the technology sector is going to be quite strong again, maybe not with as many uh, jobs being created as in 2022, but it will still be a, a very high level, very healthy rate of growth. Again, as I mentioned, some of the layoffs will become opportunities for many of the small, medium emerging technology companies that maybe will find it a lot easier to hire now. Secondly, it's also a good time to start a business. Um, seemingly during recessions, um, it's always best to start a business. If you can withstand that recession, uh, the pressures of uh, the uh, local economic environment or national, uh, then you will do well when the economy picks up. Nationally, it's a different story. Uh, we are going to see uh, layoffs nationally. I'm not in any way predicting that we're going to see a negative growth in employment, uh, even for the U.S. next uh, year. It's going to be a considerable slowdown. And maybe towards the end of the year, uh, we will be able to take another look. Are interest rates going to be going higher? Is there going to be somewhat of a relief on, on the interest rates from the Feds? Is inflation going to subside, which everyone is expecting to subside? But, you know, the war in Europe is still going on. The um, tension with China is actually increasing day by day. And, and those are additional factors that have not ever been part of the U.S. economic outlook, for, for sure. We do know that Europe may already be in a recession or very close to being a recession, technically. And definitely they will be in a recession next year. The U.S., most uh, of what I'm reading from major investment uh, houses predict that uh, definitely we'll have a recession, possibly the second half of the year. But we'll see uh, if interest rates... Um, come down a little bit or their growth is not uh, going to be much higher than what they are today, we might see a stabilization in the housing market. We might see uh, business activity again pick up. But much of the growth in the U.S. economy is going to be dependent on international um, factors that are not necessarily under our control. It's costing our semiconductor industry a lot of money right now not being able to sell in China. Um, huge investments are being made here. The question is, would those investments be justified by selling only in the US and Western European market? Because China is a huge um, purchaser of semiconductors. Uh, nearly 30% of all the semiconductor output in the world is purchased uh, by China. So we'll see how that sector is going to pan out, whether relationships uh, between the US and China or US and Russia are going to improve at all. Uh, it will be a determinant factor, I guess, of how we may end up uh, doing next year. Are we going to be in a recession or not? Europe is going to be in a recession. Most everyone agrees also in the US that we will have recessionary pressure sometime in mid-year of next year.
So Angelos, you've mentioned the word recession several times. Um, I, I'd like you, even though it's not a tech topic specifically, I, I'd like for you to define what people mean by the term recession. And in our pre-podcast chat, you mm -hmm. talked about different people maybe have different definitions of it, but can you give us a good working definition of this recession that you know Europe, you said, will enter and the U.S. may? What is a recession? Technically, a recession is defined by two consecutive quarters of negative GDP growth. Uh, we've had those in the U.S. already. The question is, can we still classify the performance of the U.S. economy being in a, in a recession or not? It all depends on how the definition has changed, because typically we often think of recessions accompanied by a steep decline in uh, labor force. Um, and we're still creating jobs. The last time I checked, there were over 200,000 jobs being created every month in the U.S. for some time now, even though we had two consecutive uh, quarters of negative growth. For Austin, as we discussed earlier, a recession is different because um, only twice before did we actually have negative GDP growth in our economy over the last 50, 60 years. And only twice before did we have negative employment growth. So for Austin, uh, a recession is <laughs> going to be defined a little bit differently in the sense that we're still creating jobs at a record pace. And a recession is kind of, for Austin, is growth of 2% as opposed to 4 or 5% per year that we've been accustomed. And some yep. sectors, of course, are going to be affected more than others. Uh, we've already seen a substantial recession, I guess you could say, in the housing market. The market uh, residentially has changed considerably in Austin in that we've seen 40% sales reduction in single-family homes. But moreover, the market has changed in the, in the sense that today buyers are only offering 90% of the asking price, where a year ago it was 120%. So uh, the market has become more reasonable, more flexible, and may continue to, to see a little bit of a correction. But we know that people have to live somewhere. And uh, as Austin grows, uh, much of the shift right now is going into uh, rental homes or multifamily, yeah. but mm -hmm. rents over there have also increased substantially. So we're going to see a, a shift again when interest rates come down a little bit or normalize uh, or stabilize for that matter. Great. Okay. So I, if, I, if I understand you correctly, there is a definition of recession that is used by many and one of the factors in that is two consecutive quarters of negative GDP, but there are other factors in that like uh, job growth and things like that. And that if the job growth is not a negative number, then even if the GDP is a negative uh, result for two quarters in a row, is that recession or is that not recession? You GDP went down, but you have you know job growth and you're saying maybe that's not really a, a recession 
because certain aspects are still strong. Is that a good summary? Uh, absolutely. So technically, we had been in a recession, but a recession has to be felt by people. And as long as the labor market continues to grow and people don't feel that they are in a recession, that means lower, lower revenue, maybe for many of our technology companies or the business sector overall, but employment is keeping steady and growing. So that's not a recession in my book. And for Austin, the definition is even better in the sense that we don't need to have a negative growth rate here. Anything uh, below 2% is going to feel like a recession for, men, for much of our uh, economy, particularly the real estate sector, which is experiencing a pretty significant downturn right now, temporarily. Got it. So let me talk to you about a couple of issues that uh, I think our listeners will um, be curious about for 2023. Uh, let's start with the tech stocks. So mm -hmm. tech stocks have taken a you know quite notorious beating uh, over recent weeks in the last few months. Um, what do you say about the the strength and health of these companies? Were they just greatly overinflated stock prices that have just been corrected? Or is that are these big declines in the valuation of some of the leading technology companies in the U.S. and world? Is that uh, is there a sign of a real health issue there? Well, in my humble opinion, valuations have gotten out of whack a, a year ago. I think now they've normalized. I don't see this as a, a downturn, I see it as a more realistic uh, course of on our economy and particularly in our technology sector. Now, we've known also that Apple has experienced supply chain problems like Tesla and pretty much everyone else in the manufacturing sector. And that in itself uh, is hopefully a temporary phenomenon and we will uh, see better improvement of the supply chain particularly as companies make decisions to move from china to back to the us or mexico or other friendlier countries where the supply chain issue may not be as uh, a challenge as it is today much of the supply chain has been affected by the sanctions. Let's not forget those things. Uh, you know, supply chain did not just become a problem overnight. It became uh, a, a problem overnight because of the sanctions that we have imposed uh, to Russia uh, or countries friendly to Russia or now China. And might in fact be countries friendly to China in the future. We. We don't know yet. One thing that worries me um, is that every, everywhere we turn around, if there's something not to our liking globally, uh, we know how to slap sanctions. And that's not diplomacy. That's not helping long-term the interests of, the, of uh, the United States, in my opinion, because people don't forget. And, and as an example, I'll give you Latin America. Latin America, which has been for many years our backyard, the Monroe Doctrine says 
China, Russia, off-limits Latin America. Well, China has overtaken trade in Latin America, and uh, pretty much with the exception of one or two countries, none of them are supporting the U.S. Uh, today, either in the war with um, in Ukraine from Russia or even with China, because they understand the power of economics. And if Russia is becoming a bigger investor in their economies, then Russia is going to, I mean, uh, sorry, China is going to become the largest investor, then they will definitely be in favor of uh, China. Let me remind, I guess, the audience that in a very short period of time, uh, 12 years, uh, China went with uh, from about $15 billion of trade with Latin America to nearly $400 billion and is growing substantially. Um, so at the end of the day, the concern that I have is sanctions may temporarily be punishing someone, but eventually are punishing ourselves. Because when we see how the world has, in a way, been divided now into two camps, um, that means in the future, fewer countries that will be buying our exports. And all that we've managed to do is, uh, as a country, I guess you could say, we've strengthened the Western alliance, but the Western countries have always been our preferred trading partners. They've always traded with us. How about the developing countries where a lot of the future growth of the world is going to be based on? Are they going to be buying from the US or are they going to be buying from China? So. I hope we don't lose export markets because of these sanctions, because it doesn't make the rest of the world very happy. And it creates artificial impediments to the smooth operation of the global economy and supply chains and so forth and so on. So um, I am very, very concerned about that. Uh, we are teetering with maybe punishing India because India has not... Um, supported the U.S. Uh, on the war in of what's going on in Ukraine with uh, Russians having invaded there. So it's a, it's a quite complicated uh, situation today uh, that concerns me. Concerns me also about the value of the dollar. The value of the dollar now is going higher because Europe is in, in a recession. Mm -hmm. But the dollar can be seen not just as a currency being used by the U.S. It's a global currency. And um, the less demand for it in the future, uh, the lower the price of the dollar is going to be. All right. So if I let me cut you mm -hmm. there just for a second, because I want to make sure to get my final two questions in here. So if I can okay. summarize that um, the tech stocks that we've seen these large declines in valuation much of that is just correction, a more realistic valuation still shows a healthy value for their revenue and such. But you see, in addition to the stock price declines that were more correction than anything else, you do see some threats from supply chain issues and sanctions that could also hurt or at least inhibit the recovery of those stock prices. Is that a good summary? Um, absolutely. I mean, I'm looking at Intel and AMD, NVIDIA. Uh, all of our semiconductor companies are going to record lower sales 
mm-hmm. um, pretty much because uh, China is uh, out of the market right now for many of our companies mm-hmm. because of sanctions. So the expected decrease in revenues and therefore the expected decrease in the share prices of those companies is uh, it's has occurred already and may occur more in the future when we have. I would say the uh, next quarter or second quarter results of our next year for many of our tech companies. Great. All right. I just have two more questions for you, Angelos. One that I think will hit home for our listeners is uh, tech salaries. So Mm -hmm. we have seen here in Austin, and I assume it's been true nationally, that tech salaries which are already higher than the average non-tech salary, have kind of raced away from the average non-tech salary. So we've seen the affluence of Austin grow because we're our economy is more tech than anything, mm-hmm. but it has created stresses and strains on other demographics and sectors within the Austin community. Um, do you see these tech salaries continuing to rise and and grow relative to the mean? Or do you see some of the issues we've talked about here uh, that will impact us in 2023, maybe correcting that as well, and, and maybe at least not greatly outpacing the average uh, non-tech salary? Well, with many of the major technology companies announcing hiring freezes, and some of them maybe layoffs, Uh, definitely this is going to have an impact on salaries. And I expect salaries are going to actually be more reasonable in 2023 or beyond if the recession will continue. So uh, while I don't see unemployment rate going much higher because the demand from other technology companies in Austin will absorb some of these layoffs, the the salaries, the exorbitant salaries will have to come down for the good of the technology companies and for the good of the Austin economy. I think they have to come down. Right. I I agree with that. Well, I don't, I hesitate to say, just as you said, it's not a recession if you're just not growing as fast. Mm -hmm. I'd like to see the growth rate not be so much faster than the non-tech salaries that increases the, the stress on these other demographics, other employment groups, et cetera. So um, Um, that's a very good point, uh, Jay, because as much as we talk about the Austin technology economy, it makes up only about 20% of our labor market. The rest of it is government and business services and so forth and so on. So whatever happens in one sector, which has been dominant uh, from the point of view of media attention, from the growth and impetus for our uh, gross regional product in Austin, does affect the rest of the economy. Now that that sector may be slowing down, we may see better prospects, I guess, for some of the other sectors to be able to hire more people and at more reasonable wages. Great. Uh, Angelos, thank you for all of your insights. My final question has two parts. (laughs) What is your advice for tech professionals and tech executives and leaders as we head into 2023 with what you see as an economic strategist and consultant and the conditions you're seeing and the expectations you have about how things will unfold? What is the number one piece of advice you'd give to a tech professional 
and the number one piece of advice you'd give to a tech executive? Um, for a tech professional, I guess my advice would be if you have, if you're gainfully employed, keep it that way. <laughs> um, this is not the time to be changing jobs in a very uncertain market, uh, particularly among the major technology companies. Um, on the other hand, if you have had enough working for someone else, this may be an opportunity to take up a position as CEO of a startup that you've obviously done your homework and um, to bring your expertise in scaling up that startup and create wealth that way for yourself and for the rest of the shareholders of uh, those startup companies. The um, technology executives, and I'm not so sure I understand the difference between a technology professional and technology executive i mean ceos and the, okay. the leaders of these large companies um in that case i would say you know you have to look at the uh, bottom line cut costs uh, refrain from hiring and, and growing the company until at least the clouds <laughs> clear clear uh, out from the economic uncertainty that we live in. And I would uh, focus maybe attention to markets in, in which perhaps there was a promise, but was never pursued because some of the traditional markets may have been uh, very, very profitable. But a lot of those traditional markets, China, Russia, and their friendly countries are gradually going away. So they have to be replaced with new customers and new expert opportunities. That's a great point for these chief executive officers and other C-suite executives is that if the number of customers is decreasing for any reason due to sanctions or whatever, then you either have to find new customers in different ways or increase the revenue per customer of the ones that you've got. And that may mean more innovation. Um, more innovation, perhaps moving back some of the international operations from China to uh, the U.S. or friendlier countries. Um, a lot of that is already happening, uh, particularly Apple is moving a lot of their production in, in India as well as Vietnam, but not enough. Uh, so they're still dependent on, on China. And I... I'm usually a very optimistic person. I think in the years to come, it will be easier to do business with Russia again, but not so with China. Uh, we've uh, already kind of sidelined them as our number one economic and military competitor. And therefore, if your company is generating a lot of its revenue in China, I would not necessarily think that that would last forever. I think there will be a, a time when the market there will be totally disrupted. Um, and U.S. companies may not have access to it. Interesting. Uh, I like that prognostication that uh, uh, 
uh, possibly expectation, even from an optimist. So something for everybody to be aware of. Um, we'll probably actually cover that topic in a future Austin Forum upload episode. So Angelos, if we do that, I'd like to bring you back. That is Absolutely. likely to be a panel discussion on global tech issues and the nationalism and uh, silos that we're seeing now. So may I summarize? Absolutely. Um, Austin is good. Next year will be a, a little bit more challenging on the real estate sector, but e eventually I think as interest rate uh, rates subside and the inflation subsides, which is a prerequisite, um, the housing market will turn back to normal and the high-tech sector will continue to perform strongly. Nationally, there is a strong risk of recession in the second half of next year. Um, and it may be accompanied by negative job growth, um, perhaps depending on how the tension with China pans out, uh, how the current tension uh, tensions with Russia pan out. But with Russia, we're in a war. And as soon as eventually there will be peace, uh, we will continue to trade with them. With China, it's a different uh, situation. Um, besides all of these uh, factors, we also have um, cryptocurrency, which is in a huge turmoil, <laughs> which we haven't touched upon. I, I intentionally didn't touch on that in this. <laughs> and I, I hope that, uh, well, crypto is in dire need of regulation. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's the only time that we're going to see stabilization and growth. Otherwise, it's going to pan out to be the biggest scam that's ever been in in the U.S. with these uh, substantial peaks and valleys. And I think in the future, it's mostly valleys, uh, not peaks. We are also going to cover that in an upcoming episode of the Austin Forum Upload, the merits of digital currencies, the concerns about it as an investment as opposed to capabilities and whatnot. So uh, we will definitely cover that. And I'm just sort of waiting until the uh, fallout from the, well, the current national issues that we're well aware of, they're in the news every day, um, waiting for some of that to settle down before we record that episode. So uh, Angelos, I want to thank you for being with us on the Austin Forum Upload. Um, I look forward to more and future interactions with you, and I hope we can get you involved in some future Austin Forum programming. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for the invitation. Thanks for listening to the Austin Forum Upload. You can listen to additional episodes and check out a schedule of our monthly in-person events at austinforum.org. The Upload is a production of the Austin Forum on Technology and Society, a nonprofit organization here in Austin, Texas.